Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, I'm Claire Murphy. This is the Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. They now have faster processors, more vibrant screens, longer battery life and more storage than ever. But there's one feature of the newest generation of smartphones that is getting on the nerves of users. Their cameras are also getting better. Isn't that what we wanted, I hear you ask? Well, yes, to a point. And for the rear-facing camera, absolutely. But that front-facing camera, the one we're taking selfies with, is also improving. And it's not giving us the soft focus vibe we used to know all the best angles for. Today we look at whether the selfie camera is changing how we see ourselves and whether it's really the camera, the phone itself, or us that's perceiving the new pictures as worse than the old ones. But first, your news headlines for Tuesday, November 21. Colombian pop star Shakira has reached a settlement with prosecutors to avoid a trial in Barcelona over charges she failed to pay the equivalent of $24 million Australian in income tax between 2012 and 2014. As part of the deal, the singer accepted the charges and a fine of 50% of the amount owed. She also accepted another fine of €438 or $734,000 to avoid a three-year prison sentence. Shakira released a statement through her PR agency, saying she reached the deal not for any legal reason, but that she'd reached the conclusion that winning is not a victory if the price is that they rob you of so many years of your life. A key property analyst is predicting the Australian housing market will slow or even correct itself in 2024. SQM Research is tipping the average dwelling price in some areas of the country will grow by as much as 3%, with the lower end of the base forecast range a 1% decline. The annual boom and bust report revealing competitive rental markets and a recovering Chinese economy expected to underpin another robust year for the Perth and Brisbane markets, with a mild correction or modest gains expected across other major cities, with Canberra facing a potential fall as steep as 8%. The sharp rise in interest rates, which are predicted to possibly continue into 2024, are also leading to a prediction of distress sales, where owners are feeling the pinch and so will sell rather than maintain an expensive mortgage. According to a new UN analysis, countries' current emissions pledges to limit climate change are now putting the world on track to warm by nearly three degrees this century. At three degrees, scientists predict events such as the Amazon forest drying out and the runaway melting of ice sheets. World leaders will soon meet in Dubai for the annual COP28, where they'll attempt to keep the Paris Agreement of limiting warming to 1.5 degrees alive, but the new UN report shows that is now quite far out of our reach. 
American rapper and father of singer Rihanna's two children, ASAP Rocky, will soon learn if he'll be headed to trial over allegations he fired a gun at a former friend outside a Hollywood hotel. A judge in LA is said to hear evidence against the 35-year-old to decide if he should face trial for two counts of felony assault with a semi-automatic firearm. Prosecutors alleging he fired the weapon at a former high school friend back in 2021, both part of a group who'd formed to make music and who claimed Rocky had failed to follow through on promised business ventures and had neglected members of the collective who were doing it tough after he got famous. Rocky has pleaded not guilty. Gold Coast schoolies have earned praise from police after a much quieter start to the festivities this year. More than 20,000 teens are set to converge on the Gold Coast to celebrate the end of their school career, with the formal event set to kick off this weekend. But just six schoolies were arrested, mostly for public nuisance after the first week, compared to 18 during the same period last year. Around 120 were treated at the Surfers Emergency Treatment Centre, with seven of those transferred to hospital, mostly suffering from intoxication, but Queensland Ambulance say the level of intoxication has been much lower, with sober mates looking out for their friends. That's your latest news headlines in a moment. Today's Deep Dive. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. If you can believe it, the term selfie was officially named as Oxford's word of the year a whole decade ago now. Research back then suggested that the use of the word selfie had increased by a whopping 17,000% in the year leading up to the Oxford recognition. And according to Oxford Dictionaries, the term was coined right here in Australia, being traced back to an internet forum where a man posted a pic of his facial injuries sustained in a stairfall apologising for it being out of focus, not because he was drunk, he says, but because it was a selfie. Since then, the selfie phenomenon has grown, with internet-breaking selfies of celebrities at the Oscars, of teens alongside the Pope, of stars in a bathroom at the Met Gala, of naked Kardashians and astronauts in space. Phone manufacturer Samsung estimates that people will now take around 25,000 selfies in their lifetime. There's even an entire selfie day that's been celebrated around the world on June 22 since 2019. Back in 2013, when the word selfie was formally recognised, the front-facing camera was already a thing. The Sony Ericsson Z1010 was the first to install one 10 years prior in 2003. But it wasn't until the Apple iPhone 4 and the HTC Evo in 2010 that they became part of the smartphone era. Back then, they were used more for video calling than taking pics of yourself, using a small 2 or 3 megapixel sensor. Fast forward a few years and the front-facing camera started to get better, with it starting to reach levels we expected from the rear-facing version. Samsung and HTC by this stage were boasting 8 megapixels, and almost all manufacturers started to offer beautification and filter options. 
Now, those upgrading to the new iPhone 15 are getting a 12-megapixel front-facing camera, but not all of them are happy about it. But this isn't the first phone with a 12-megapixel camera. So is it the quality of the camera or the phone messing with it after you've taken it? A recent article written by Caroline Mims-Nice for The Atlantic explains how when she took a photo with a front-facing camera, she thought it looked okay. But when she went back and looked at it in her camera roll, it wasn't the same. She says it intensified her imperfections and didn't give the same smooth face she remembered from her old phone's pics. This is a common occurrence after the release of a new phone model update and people start to upgrade. The complaints spike with the results of the selfie camera and the reason could be the software rather than the hardware. Your phone uses a combination of both to adjust pictures after they've been taken. It will change the white balance, increase brightness and show more detail when there's lower light. This processing is making us feel like we're seeing ourselves again for the first time, this time with maybe too much detail. But is this a more realistic version of ourselves? Emily Cooper is an assistant professor of optometry and vision science at the University of California, Berkeley. Emily, how much have we come to rely on our front-facing cameras, maybe not being as good as a rear-facing one, to create this idea of what we look like in our own head and the person we present to the world? That's an interesting question. You know, I don't know what, for example, the frequency is with which people take pictures with the front-facing versus the back-facing camera in their phones. And so I guess you're implying that the quality of the camera and the front-facing camera used to be worse than the back-facing camera, which I think probably is true. I guess what I would say is we rely on cameras a lot in order to capture views of the world that we want to record. And regardless of the quality of the camera, there can always be cases in which a camera is misleading. And a key difference between how people look in their selfies versus how they look in a portrait photo may have less to do with the quality of the camera and more to do with how they hold the camera and the distance that they hold the camera away from them. So there are a lot of different factors that contribute to why you might look different in a selfie from how you look in a portrait photo. Does that make sense? So hence the motivation behind a lot of those memes that are like me when I take my photo versus me when my friend posts it on Facebook, which is always this like hideous version of ourselves. Exactly. And so I think one thing that's important to appreciate about photographs is that they're always going to be an imperfect representation of what you actually look like in three dimensions. And just briefly by way of background, you know, I'm a researcher who primarily studies how we sense and perceive 3D spaces around us. And in the course of that work, I've also done research on how we interpret or actually misinterpret 3D shapes like faces that are represented in photographs. Because when you look at a photograph, you don't have all of the information that you're used to getting when you look at something in the real world. So something as simple as the distance that a camera is held away from the face or the focal length of the lens that's used to capture the picture can actually dramatically change how your brain interprets the shape of the face or the shape of any other object that you capture with a camera. So I think that's one key aspect of it. I think that aspect of selfies has always been around because they've always been this type of photo that we take at arm's length. 
of ourselves. I think there's something new that people are reacting to in these social media posts that has more to do with the post-processing algorithms that are happening behind the scenes in these images, and maybe also, like you alluded to, the quality of the camera itself. So with seeing ourselves in a photo, I guess the only other way we ever really truly see ourselves is in a mirror. Is that essentially Mm -hmm. the same thing or is that something completely different? Are we seeing ourselves in 2D in a mirror or are we seeing ourselves in 3D in a mirror? It's actually quite different. So your brain has better information about 3D when you look in the mirror. And you can actually do this with yourself if you look at pictures of yourself that are mirror reversed versus not you'll find that there's one orientation that you kind of like looking at better because it's the orientation that you're used to seeing your face in the mirror. Mm. And so it's absolutely the case that a photograph can distort the apparent shape and appearance of a face in a way that does not reflect kind of the true appearance that you would see in a mirror. The image that we see of ourselves in photos that we take of ourselves, how far apart is that from the way that someone would see us in real life? Are they two completely different things? That's a hard question to answer. Maybe I can start to answer it with an example, which is that there was a couple of years ago, an article came out in the journal called JAMA Facial Plastic Surgery that noted that there was an uptick in, I guess, requests for plastic surgery and specifically people citing how they looked in pictures as perhaps the reason why they were seeking that treatment or that procedure. And the article made the argument that because of how people take selfies, it distorts the proportion of their faces in the photograph in a way that is not true to the actual proportions of their face. And so they were drawing a connection between these distorted proportions in the photograph and people's tendency to be wanting to alter the actual 3D shape of their face. And so I think examples like that are helpful to think through what you should trust in a photo versus not. You mentioned this sort of background processing that's going on when we do use the front-facing or rear-facing camera of our phones these days. How much is that playing a part in how we're perceiving ourselves in our photos? Because a lot of people are saying, like, as the technology kind of gets better and better, we're seeing ourselves in sharper definition. We're maybe seeing more features within our skin that we maybe didn't notice before. With that processing that's happening in the background, have we been sort of smoothing ourselves out for the last little bit of time? And has that sort of altered the way we've seen ourselves in photos? That's the key question. And I think that's just one that I can't answer because I don't know enough as, you know, just a consumer of these products, what has changed about the camera itself versus what has changed about the post-processing. But what I can say and what I think is important to keep in mind is just because a feature has become more noticeable, say, you know, you've gotten a more expensive phone that has a more expensive camera and now certain features are more noticeable in your selfies, it doesn't mean a priori that those features have been blurred in the past and now your better quality camera is revealing them. It could be that there are post-processing algorithms that are being run on those images which are meant to enhance visual detail and to boost contrast 
and that those are just making some things more noticeable in a photograph than other things. When I was first contacted about this issue, I did realize something, and I think it's something that people are pointing out on social media too, is that with these new phones, what happens is you take the picture, you open it up and look at it, and then a second later it changes, right? Have you seen this? I have not seen that. And so that suggests to me that maybe part of why these pictures look a little different has to do with the camera hardware, but a lot of it could actually have to do with the post-processing that the camera is doing. So while we're busy breaking down our recent selfies to see whether they match the person we still see in the mirror, are we actually getting better at realising that the selfies we're taking aren't actually a true representation of ourselves. I hope so. I hope we're getting better at not taking pictures too seriously. And maybe that's sort of the silver lining of this debate that's emerged about these new cameras is that when you see that you take one picture and you can get kind of two different versions of yourself from the same picture, maybe that can highlight how much is kind of subjective about these pictures and how much processing goes into a picture that's coming out of a modern digital camera. The Quickie is produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Callie Borg, with audio production by Tom Lyon.